Welcome everyone to the Lee Schools TV podcast. Our guest today is Jeff Becker, TV production and digital media teacher at Island Coast High School and also the 2018-2019 Lee County Teacher of the Year. Jeff, thanks for being here, man. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's good to see you. Yeah. All right, so we're going to talk about you in just a second, but first, before we start, I just want to remind everybody that the Lee Schools TV podcast is available on SoundCloud, iTunes, Apple Podcasts. You can also catch the video cast of the podcast on Facebook and YouTube on Saturday mornings. And yeah, so check us out. We have more than 20 episodes now up. We have a different guest every week, people who work for the school district, sometimes students, sometimes teachers, administrators. We've had the superintendent on. That was an interesting podcast, so check them out. All right, Jeff, thanks again for being here. My pleasure. Okay, so once again, you're the TV production teacher, digital media teacher at Island Coast High School. You were named the Lee County Teacher of the Year this year. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, After just a year and a half of teaching, this is only your second year of teaching in your yeah. life. Yeah, absolutely. So before we get into kind of what you've been doing at the school to um, you know, be worthy of being named Teacher of the Year, let's talk a little bit about your background. So I know you, were, before you were a teacher, you were a school counselor. So kind of just take us through your, your backstory, where you grew up and, and your journey to until you became a teacher at Island Coast. Yeah, so uh, I was actually just going through this with some of my students today that were asking the same question. So um, I grew up in a very small town in South Jersey, uh, Pittman. So shout out to Pittman. And uh, so Pittman's about two and a half square miles total, the whole town. So there's like three traffic lights. It's just probably what you're thinking. Um, so after graduating high school, I went on to receive a degree in interpersonal communication theory, which kind of leads you into this weird area of not really knowing what kind of job you're going to be going into and stuff like that. So I took a job, um, as a copier salesman. So it was, uh, it was an interesting road. It wasn't the direction I thought I was going to be going into, but, um, I knew I liked to speak. And people were like, no, yeah, you'd probably be good at sales. And so I went for it and I turned out to be really good at it. I remember I was 26 and I think I made something like almost $80,000 my first year out of college selling copier machines. However, after about three years, I was banging my head against the wall, just knowing for a fact that wasn't what I was supposed to be doing in this world. Um, I went back to get my master's degree in elementary and secondary school counseling I was a school counselor here in Lee County. That was my my first, that was when I moved down here. Um, Worked as a school counselor in Lee County. We had some really fun times at a couple different schools, but I still felt like there was something different I was supposed to be doing. You know, like I was with the kids and I knew that energized me. Um, I was doing classroom lessons, which I knew energized me. I felt like we were making a great impact with the students, but I still felt like there was something even more I was supposed to be doing. So it turns out it was teaching. And so, yeah, like you said, about a year and a half ago, I came on board at Island Coast High School and that was it. Like I'd never been more sure in my life that that's, that was my sweet spot. That's what I was supposed to be doing. And, and let's, let's talk about that a little bit more. So I'm, I've known, you know, plenty of people, uh, I mean, not plenty, but I've known a few people who were in education and, and left for a couple of years and then realized mm-hmm. that there was something missing in their life, like some meaning and purpose, and they decided that they wanted to go back yeah. into teaching because yeah. they really missed that that purpose. Can you kind of talk a little bit more about that? What is it about, you know, I mean, you were making good money as a, a copier sure. salesman, but you said you were missing something. And so what is it about 
teaching, being in the classroom, working with students that really, you know, is, is meaningful? Yeah, um, it's it's hard to explain, but it was like the, the closer I got to working with students full time, the more I was realizing that that was the thing. Um, when I was a counselor, it's 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 a fun job and we did a lot of classroom lessons, but that was a small portion of it. And there was a lot of other administrative tasks with that. That's just not where my gifts are. That's just not what my strengths are. So, yeah, I was doing it and at a high level and we were doing a lot of great things. But um, I was finding that more when I was doing group counseling and stuff. So we would take groups of eight, 10 or 12 of our students that we identified through data that they needed help and they needed mentorship and stuff like that. So it was when I was a counselor, my favorite things that I did were my group counseling, my classroom lessons, and coaching basketball. And so it was just through those things, I'm like, oh my gosh, well, I guess maybe maybe being a teacher is kind of like those three things, but all of the time. So so it was just the stars aligned. And uh, when I, it was just like this lucky situation that I got to uh, have such a cool position at Island Coast. And like I said, as soon as I started doing it, like, I'd never taught before. I'd been a counselor for six or seven years. But then, like, once I got a hang of it after a couple months, I was like, wow, this is, yeah, I, my theory was right. And you didn't have, uh, you, I mean, you didn't come from a TV or, or a production background. So was it a big learning curve for you starting out and, and taking over the, the TV production program at Island Coast? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. So um, I don't, I don't have a, um, like a, a traditional, yeah. you know, education. I did a lot of video communication. Actually, when, when I was a guidance counselor, we were doing these classroom lessons, um, and our school had doubled in size over a summer. And, um, I remember I had the problem of trying to figure out how are we still going to get into every single classroom racking my brain and I'm worried about it and I'm stressing out. I'm like, we can't just do these lessons in some classes and not others. And, and we stumbled upon the solution of video communication. So yes, we can get into all of the classrooms. If we do one really awesome video, we send it out and have it on the smart boards and the TVs and the classrooms, then yes, we can still do them. So I remember I made my first video. I put my tripod up in my, in my office, in, in my guidance counseling office. And I remember being like, hey, you know, guys, uh, today let's talk, to, talk about character and ethics and blah, blah, blah. And so I do this little video and um, I, I self-taught myself how to get it into the editing software. And I remember I watched it. It was the worst thing I'd ever seen in my whole life, Adam. I'm not joking. It was like, I was so embarrassed. I was like cringing myself. Like, um, and so I was like, you know what? I got to learn how to really do this because I believe that is the solution, but I need to be able to do it a whole lot better because if I really expect the students to watch it, it's got to be good. It's got to be as good as the other stuff that they're watching. And so I knew I could figure it out. But yeah, it was through a lot of um, self-education, watching a lot of videos, taking a lot of courses on my own, reading a lot of books, watching tutorials, stuff like that. And I was lucky to have a lot of people in Southwest Florida that know a lot about video communication. So it was, it was like I said, the stars aligned and I just knew the right people and, and stumbled upon the right solutions. And and, I, and that was another thing is I never knew how much I loved video communication and, and video production until I, you know, stumbled into it. Yeah. So you mentioned you, you got to make sure that 
you're creating something that the students are going to watch. And that's a good segue into what I was going to ask you next. So you came in and I think part of the reason that you were recognized as teacher of the year is because you came in and you really changed things up at Island Coast High, their, their, their student run uh, news show. Mm -hmm. Um, and you have a kind of a slogan or a motto that you use in class and it's uh, less newsy, more YouTubey. Yeah. Explain, explain that. Yeah, so the philosophy is that, I mean, students aren't sitting down and watching Channel 6 News. They're just not. Like, I mean, students don't sit in front of TVs much. Um, you know as well as I do, they're getting their news a lot of times through social media as the primary source of their news. And it's not even what we remember, like, you know, Peter Jennings on the nightly news and stuff like that. And so if we want the students to get the news, we have to kind of rethink the way that we're delivering it. Because if we are, if we're emulating Charles Corralt or Bryant Gumbel or Peter Jennings, I'm afraid that the students just aren't going to watch it. And while that's kind of sad because that's a, been a big part of American history, it's also the reality. So, I mean, we can fight it, you know, and we can be upset about it. But if you really want to get the news, it's kind of one of those situations where you got to say, hey, right, wrong, or indifferent, we got to get with the times. And so um, it's not that we had to improve the program that was there. Um, there was a, a lady that, um, that she retired that I filled in for, and she did a phenomenal job. I mean, she won awards, and it was a, and when I got there, the program was running. Um, it's just that we just did, we were doing something completely different, is we just changed, we changed the class. And so it was no longer TV production. Um, it's now more video production or YouTube production or whatever it is you want to call it. Mm -hmm. So, and by the way, we, so we did a story on, on you and your class and yeah. you know, being named teacher of the year. If you want to check that out, that's also on our YouTube channel. Um, just search, go to Lee County public schools on YouTube, search teacher of the year, Jeff Becker, and you should be able to find it if you want to know a little bit more about kind of how they're changing it. But while we're on the topic, so what, what did you change about it? What are some of the, some of the specific things that are, that are different, um, yeah. And what was happening at the school. Yeah, absolutely. So um, one of the things that um, the way that the studio and the infrastructure was set up was for traditional TV production, which um, all of the, I don't want to say all, most of the schools in Lee County are set up with what's called a TriCaster, which as you know, but maybe some of the people don't know what a TriCaster is. It's the way um, that the um, video is kind of edited, manipulated, and then sent and broadcast. Mm -hmm. um, one of the issues with that is that not it's not an issue, but it butts up with the philosophy that we were bringing in, is that it doesn't do it in HD. And so, I mean, students, they're watching probably five to 10 hours a day of HD, really high quality video. So again, if we want them to listen, we have to go HD. So in order to do that, we, um, we change it to kind of like a, a youtube -y vlogger kind of format where we're using um, same cameras, a little bit of a different broadcast technology. We go out through YouTube, full HD. Um, we change the language around a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, we change the attitude a lot. So it is, it's, we want students to sound like students. We don't want them to sound like newscasters. We want them to sound like their favorite people that they watch on YouTube. So instead of saying, hi, welcome to WGCL News, we're like, yo, what's going on, everybody? We are back and better than ever at the Gator News. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe. So it's not, it doesn't it's sound really, like news. It doesn't, right. It's really high energy. Um, yeah. yeah. Like you got some some like slang mm -hmm. speak in there yep. and stuff. Yep. And, and you also, so 
before you started, it was there was a newscast every day that went out, and now yeah. you guys just do two days a week, I think. Yep. We and do you two put days those all on YouTube. We do two days a week plus social media, um, so everything goes out through Twitter. Um, because again, it's students need to either see it or be able to go back and see it again, because that's kind of the way they're used to getting their information. So yeah, we do two episodes a week. They're anywhere between six and ten minutes. It's made up of like little mini shows um, that we stack together in an episode. And so we put music behind it, which isn't the traditional way of doing high school news. Um, we we raise money to get royalty-free music for the background. So it's like hip-hop or electronic dance music or whatever it is um, that's going to, you know, kind of get the students' attention. Yeah. And so I want to talk about why it's important these are important skills for students to learn because when I was visiting the school a few weeks ago and, and we did the interview then and uh, you talked about how, you know, the world is changing yeah. and media, the media landscape is so much different than it was, you know, even just five, ten years ago. Um, and the, you were talking about the importance of digital and visual yeah. communication. Yep. And so what are some specific things that you're, you're teaching your students how to do and, mm -hmm. and and why you think it's important for them to learn these skills. Yeah. So as you know, the video and even the audio world has been severely disrupted. And by that, I mean that, um, you know, 20 years ago, you would need a, a full blown studio to make news. Now, um, anyone from ESPN to channel four, channel six, whatever channel you watch, they have people that are creating really great video from anywhere, anytime. And you don't need a big camera. You have a cell phone that will shoot either 1080 HD or even 4K, super high def resolution. Um, so that's, instead of teaching them TV production skills, which are very valuable because I don't think TV news is going away anytime soon. I think maybe in like, you know, 50 years, it's gonna look a lot different, but I don't think it's necessarily going away. However, what I do want to teach them is how to understand and utilize and harness the power that they have because I don't think they realize how much of a big deal it is because they were born into that generation. Mm -hmm. And so here's what I want them to know. I want them to know that if they have something they want the world to hear or if they, want, or if they have something that concerns them or burdens them or hurts them or something they want to make a change about, you can do that really well, and you can do it from anywhere. Yeah. So if I can teach them that, then you know I feel like I did my job. And it might seem crazy to some people, but you can make it a living off of just being on YouTube. I mean, I was I know that there's a I think one of if not the most popular YouTube channel is like the seven year old kid. I think his name is Ryan, and his. I mean, I'm sure his parents help with the setup and everything, but yeah. I think he just he just opens up and plays with new and different toys. Unboxing, yeah. 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 And I read he, or at least his family, made $22 million in 2018 alone just from his YouTube channel. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a wild world. It's yeah. a wild world. And if we don't get on board with figuring that out, I think we're doing a disservice to our students because it really is. Um, a YouTuber bought a Super Bowl ad. Like, we're here. Like, it, it's happening, you know? So it's like, I think this is a good opportunity um, to take a proactive approach to it instead of being behind. Um, and I don't think there's anything stopping us from getting out in front of this. If we get the right people in front of these students that know how to do it, then I think 
our students can benefit big time from learning that. I mean, yeah, there's um, the YouTube gamer, his name's Ninja, and he's making millions of dollars and he's gaming. Mm -hmm. However, the cool thing that we're teaching our students is they make it look easy, but it's not. Just like anything, if you're watching LeBron drop 30 points a night, he makes it look easy. The thing you don't see is that he's in the gym 10 hours a day taking jump shots. Well, the same thing is true with video production is that this guy Ninja the Gamer, it, you can find documentaries and stuff. I mean, he's gaming for eight hours a day. That by itself is nuts. Like my eyes would fall out of my head. But he's not done as soon as he, it, it's not just gaming. It's Then he takes his footage and he has to save it properly. He has to know how to use his technology. He needs a very good understanding of um, editing software that the whole world's using, like um, Adobe Premiere Pro, which we're using here in Lee County. It's, it's tough software. You really got to know your stuff. Um, he's got to understand marketing concepts. He's got to be able to look at YouTube analytics. There's a lot that goes into it. So if you're a teacher walking through Island Coast High School, and you peek into my classroom, you're like, oh, wow, yeah, it must be nice. These kids are learning. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, if you watch our show, you're like, oh, that's probably a really fun class. It is fun. However, my students, they work hard. Mm -hmm. And we have, to, we have to treat it like a really fast-paced work environment in order to create what we create. Yeah, and you guys um, were awarded Best Newscast yep. um, at the uh, 2018 Lee County Student Film and Television Awards yeah. last year. So that must have been cool for you. It was. That was super exciting. It was uh, – it – it showed the students, you know, it's always good to have something that shows them that the hard work pays off, mm -hmm. you know. And um, you you mentioned some, you said something that I, I pulled directly from the interview I did with you a month or so ago um, that you said, I think my job is bigger than just doing the school news. It's to teach the students what the world is like. What do you mean by that? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, again, if you just watch our show, you're like, oh, fun class. So... In order to make a difference, so you need to understand more than how to use a camera or more than how to use editing software. Um, you have to find a cause that breaks your heart, and, and if you don't, it's going to be tough to wake up in the morning and go do what you do, right? Like, I can tell you love what you do, and so it's probably a lot easier for you to wake up in the morning and go do it. But there's even more than that that we teach in our class is not only to find a thing that you love, but no matter where you are, you need to be a linchpin, as Seth Godin calls it. Um, Seth Godin, he's a super marketing brain. But So you need to learn how to be excellent at everything you do. So even the students in my class that don't care for video production, which there's always going to be a handful of them, we still teach them, hey, you might not dig this, but I still expect you to perform excellently. You need to pay attention to detail. You need to work well in a team. You need to be able to communicate with your team well. Somebody in the room needs to be the leader. All of these things transcend video, and that's the big idea is that so when my students leave, I'm not under the impression that 75% of them are going to go into video because they're not because they all have different gifts and strengths. But what I do hope and what I do expect is for them to take the skills that we learned that do translate anywhere. If they go and work at a post office, attention to detail, show up early, stay late, um, strive for excellence. Um, have a high level of care about whatever it is that you do, have a high level of care about the people that you serve, all of those things. That's the big idea. So my video production class is the vehicle for teaching those things. Yeah, and like you said, uh, 
a lot of what they're learning transcends video because they can take a lot of what they're learning, yeah. you know, digital marketing, social media marketing, mm -hmm. um, just video communication, and they can they can use those skills in any number of of different career paths. Um, what? Uh, so you've only been teaching for almost two years now, but yeah. just just two years. Let's say two years. Yeah. Uh, how has in in the short amount of time that you've been teaching? I know you've been in you know the school atmosphere for several yeah. years now because you're a former counselor. But how has teaching specifically in the in the short two year time frame? How has it changed you as a person? Yeah, um, that's a great question. And so I'm a very fast paced, high energy individual. And so my weakness is slowing down to figure out what it is that I'm learning and what it is that I need to learn. So, um, so you have the video stuff that I have to teach. You have the workplace stuff that I don't have to teach, but I think it's important, but also it's the things that I'm learning just about being, being a mentor or a role model is that sometimes I need to slow down even more and kind of walk slowly with my students I'll find myself sometimes and I'm like, dang, you know what? I don't know how long it's been since I checked in with my boy Preston, you know? And so I will, then I'll stop and be like, hey man, like, so how are you? And he'll go, oh yeah, my video's almost done. That's when I know I'm not doing my job right. I'm like, dang, he thinks that's all I care about, you know? Is that, so that's what I'm learning right now and that's where I'm growing as a professional is learning that there's a whole nother layer that we have the responsibility because teachers are under pressure probably more than, I mean, since I've been in education or known anything about education, teachers are under pressure to hit marks, make sure they're acing their evaluations, um, keeping high VAM scores, um, giving end of course assessments. Um, sometimes even as a teacher, you're responsible for things you don't have control over like FSA um, testing scores and all this. So the, the pressure is great enough for teachers to miss the even bigger idea that we are here and whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent, we are here to influence our students to become awesome humans. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of what I'm learning. And being a CTE teacher or a career and technical education teacher, um, I understand that. I, I think I have an even bigger responsibility because I don't have one of those big, crazy end-of-the-year tests. So I think I need to slow myself down and realize that I have an even greater responsibility to make sure that I'm connecting with them on a human level. Too. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm glad you brought up career and tech education because uh, we just put out a video last week, a uh, short video about the the importance of career and tech mm -hmm. education. Things like trades, you know, uh, maybe not your typical, um, you know, core subject areas yeah. that, you know, are great for kids to know and it helps them, you know, score well on tests and then go to college and, and they can study all sorts of things in college. But uh, one thing that we are really trying to emphasize to a lot of our students is, you know, that college isn't for everybody. You know, there's right. tons of great career opportunities for students who don't necessarily uh, need or want to go to mm -hmm. a, you know, a four year university where, you know, you could, after four years, you could end up in a, in a lot of debt. Right. Um, and so, for example, we I visited three different schools. I went to Eastleigh County High School and and visited their their culinary program where students learn how to run a restaurant basically. Yeah. And I went to Fort Myers Technical College, uh, which a lot of people don't realize is part of the Lee County School District. Mm -hmm. um, but they you know learn how to work on boats. And you know the, the teacher there said he had eight students graduate recently, and six of them are already working in the field. And uh, so cool. yeah, eventually they could 
start their own business, write their own paychecks. Yeah. And uh, the third school was, I'm blanking, oh, I went to Bonita Springs High School and mm-hmm. their, their aerospace academy is teaching kids how to fly drones. Yeah, that's pretty cool too, yep. Or they can be, you know, they can get their private pilot's license. Yeah, I by saw the them other. on their simulators. Yeah. Pretty crazy. So just, I just want to get your thoughts on kind of the, the direction that a lot of uh, people are going and school districts are going, kind of taking a, a second look at the way we're educating students and kind of... Uh, finding this this newfound emphasis on, well, maybe we should start curtailing our education a little bit towards, you know, encouraging students if they want to, to look into trades and, and things mm-hmm. like that. I think that's really smart. And it's really refreshing to hear that you working at the district level, that I don't know how many of you share that philosophy here at the district level, but it's really refreshing to hear that you do because that's how things kind of are going. The gig economy, um, freelancing, so, I mean, yes, with like welding and, and boat mechanics and all that kind of stuff, absolutely. Uh, but even more so, things like what we're doing with graphic arts and video production and video editing and things like that. Yeah, your program is part of the yeah. yep. CTE. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, but what I think is that more students, even in that, in that technology, so I think in the past, the misconception is that students that know how to use computers are definitely going to college for stuff. Not necessarily, like you alluded to, is that there are a lot of programs that are certification programs or career training programs that where you're not going to have to take as many traditional college courses and rack up that debt if you're not going to go a traditional route. What I mean by that is that um, entrepreneurship and being a solopreneur or a freelancer, whatever it is you want to call it, that's booming. And so there are a ton of avenues where students can actually get jobs as high schoolers if they have the skills. And here at Lee County, we're actually giving them those skills. Students in my class earn certifications in Adobe Premiere Pro. At Island Coast High School, we're, I think, possibly at this time, we're we're leading the district in industry certifications in Photoshop, in Adobe Illustrator, in Adobe Premiere, in, um, we do um, an agriculture program So all of that to say, these students have the skills, maybe not necessarily the soft skills or social skills, but they do have the hard skills to actually start earning money much younger than they were before because of the way that society is set up and the way that it's working. The world's getting a lot smaller. It's like Uber has disrupted the the cab industry. Um, Well, the same thing is happening with things like video production, audio production, graphic arts, like students, if, if you have enough skills, you can be a freelance graphic artist right now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it would be cool to, uh, to see where that goes. But it's, like I said, it's refreshing to hear that the district is, you know, heading that way. Yeah. Uh, and I haven't pulled everybody at the district, so I don't know how to <laughs> really go about that. Yeah, like, and just to be clear, we're not, uh, we're not mm-hmm. saying that college is bad. Correct. For, you know, obviously it's Correct. Could be yeah. very, college can be very beneficial yeah. to, um, a lot of students. Every every student's unique, and, in, and they each situation they should assess and f- decide for themselves. Talk with their parents, of Absolutely, course, but about it's what, cool. what's best for them moving forward and everything like that. Yeah, it's cool to see that there are, that there are more options for students that before didn't know what to do. Exactly. Like I went to college, you went to college, and like you said, the major there's I think still a large majority that are going to go to college, and that's the right move. But it's cool that more options are opening up, and I think that lowers frustration and would ultimately lower the failure rate of students going into college. Absolutely. Like if college isn't, go- isn't right for you, 
that's, it's such a tragedy to see students going into college when it's not the right thing. So it's cool that, you know, options are opening up for sure. Um, okay. So what was it like for you? Um, what did it mean to you, um, you know, to be recognized as, as the 2018, 2019 teacher of the year? It was really, really cool. Um, I never in a million years thought that I was going to get it. And, and here's why. It's not because of my level of care for students, because I do believe that I, I care for students more than anybody. But it was, I've had so many really cool mentors in education. And as a counselor, I've gotten to work side by side with so many awesome educators in Lee County that just to be in the same conversation as them, I was like, whoa, going through the process was crazy. What I really loved more than the award, more than the trophy, more than the certificate or the news articles or whatever, the coolest part was that it was a journey of self-discovery for me. They, there was no stone unturned going through that process. It was like four interviews in front of panels and they're looking at my documentation and asking me crazy questions and rapid fire from all angles of the table to make sure that they got the right person. That's what I loved about it is because they were asking me questions about things that I'd never thought about before. My personal philosophy. Why am I so passionate about education? Um, what is it about, why do I feel so strongly about being progressive? Or what are the things that I have done to be progressive? Um, they asked so many great questions that I went from feeling like, I don't know if you've ever suffered from this, but what is referred to as imposter syndrome, when, when you're in the running for a, a scholarship, a, a, an award, a job position, I kind of have this self-doubt thing that happens sometimes, this voice that creeps in that's like, nah, it's an accident that you're in the room right now, you know? The amount of questions and the process clarified so much for me and it boosted my confidence so much that I really, I went from thinking, are you guys sure you got the right guy? To, you know what, I feel like I am the right guy and I'm honored and I can't wait to use this platform to, to help more students and to help the district and to help people to find education that ultimately, you know, that have the same kind of story as I do. Like I went from copier salesman making a ton of money, banging my head against the wall to working as a teacher and being like, yes, like I found it. I want that for people. And also then what happens is that it benefits the students. Mm -hmm. So that's, I think that's why this meant so much to me is that it took me to a, a new understanding and a new level of being able to champion for education. So that's cool. Uh, one, so one thing I wanted to talk about that we, we talked about when I was out visiting your school, but unfortunately I, I wasn't able to fit it into the story I, I put together about you was, is your, your kids. Uh, specifically your daughter, because there's a, a really funny moment when you were um, being named, when you, when you found out that yeah. you were named Teacher of the Year, um, you know, a bunch of district administrators came to Island Coast High and yeah. surprised you. Uh, your principal walked you through the door and everybody was there and said, you know, and you found out you were Teacher of the Year. Yeah. And then your daughter was there. Well, why don't we just play a quick, let's play a quick clip of that.
Okay, so tell me about your daughter and, and, and that moment. Yeah, my daughter, she is going to be a world changer, man. She is a mega brain. And it's so funny that, so when you become a parent, a lot of crazy things happen. Like if, in that clip, you see that I'm like, it's the superintendent and everybody from the school board and my wife and my father-in-law and like my principals. But all I could think is, oh my gosh, I got to get to my daughter. Like, cause I know she's frazzled. Um, she's a mega brain. Like I said, she's been like speaking since she was like almost like, I think it was right after she turned one. She was saying just full blown words and saying sentences and like, and linguistically, she's been just leaps and bounds ahead of so many children. And so we're really lucky to have a, a daughter with a cool gift like that. But when things are not in order, it, it rattles her, man. Yeah, so she was it's freaked like, out. she's like, wait a minute. Five seconds ago, nobody was clapping, and now everyone's clapping and screaming and flashing lights, and no, this is not right right now. And so that's, that's kind of the, the reason behind the meltdown. But, but yeah, man, Sophie, Sophie Becker, man, you remember that name. She, uh, she's going to be something special. She's three years old? She's three years yeah. old, and I have a son who's one year old. One year old, excuse me. Henry. Henry is the size of a three-year-old. We just weighed them yesterday. Sophie weighs 30 pounds. Henry, who we call Bunk. He weighs like 25 or 26 pounds. So my three-year-old, wow. my one-year-old weigh about the same. <laughs> he, he might be a, a linebacker and an offensive lineman, and she'll be some ap- academic scholar. Where does Bunk come from? I don't know, man. It was just like <laughs> his spirit name or something. It's just he was this big, burly kid out of nowhere, and it's Bunk, you know? Yeah, your wife is a teacher, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, best teacher in the world, man. So Morgan Becker, um, everybody knows her as Morgan Kirk. That's my claim to fame amazing woman she um she's such an inspirational educator her second year teaching she was a golden apple winner and uh and my hat's off to her man just you want to talk about a process that golden apple that's like 12 classroom observations and no stone unturned when it comes to auditing so yeah she works at uh fort myers middle academy right now and so yeah she's still teaching uh we have our spring teacher recruitment fair yeah. coming up soon. So, what would you, uh, what would your pitch be to, you know, people that maybe aren't working in education, or maybe people working in education outside of Lee County? But what would your pitch be to people to come work and and to be a teacher? Absolutely. So, I think that one of the big issues as it pertains to education and finding new people that love students is that I think there might be a misconception as to what schools look like in 2019. I think people that are about my age, so I'm 36 years old, I can speak from experience that my friends from the, the, the business sector, they have no idea what a classroom looks like now. Uh, they have, they've never seen a smart board. Um, they probably still imagine there's some kind of overhead projector. Um, education has changed so much, so I think that they still see that the archetype of the angry lady with gray hair with the bun that's smacking the blackboard with a stick and using chalk. Education is so cool and that I think there is a generation of teachers that just don't know their teachers yet. Um, Studies show that six out of 10 people between the age of like 21 and 34 are highly open to changing jobs. And the reason why is because they're finding, as you probably know, that millennials are less geared towards the money-making jobs and more geared towards finding something that makes them feel satisfied. Mm-hmm. 
it sounds to me like now is the time to get people into education. Yeah, I think millennials change jobs more than any other generation. Correct. So I say like, hey, millennials, like come check out education. If you're not digging where you're at, you might be an awesome teacher and you just don't know it yet. This might light you up like crazy. I could do this all day. I work probably 60 plus hours a week and I wish I could work more because this lights me up so much. And so whether it's CTE or technical stuff or whatever it is that you're passionate about, I think that there are people that throughout life say things like, you know what? If I wasn't a chemical engineer, I would have made a great trigonometry teacher. Mm. You know what I mean? I think there are a lot of people out there that feel that way. And so that would be my pitch is like, hey, if you're not 100% sure you're where you're supposed to be, and they would know what I meant. If you don't know that you're 100% where you're supposed to be, take a peek inside education. It might just be your calling and it might just light you up. That'd be my pitch. Cool. Uh, anything else? All right. Good, man. All right. So what is your favorite book? Favorite book, uh, Dan Brown books are amazing, but I'm also, um, I've become more fast paced the older I get and I want to read more leadership books. So um, Five Dysfunctions of a Team by Patrick Lencioni. What's that about? So it's a leadership book that um, Patrick Lencioni, he usually writes in fable format, but it's their leadership books. And they teach you that it's a pyramid, like there are a million pyramid books and pyramid models and yeah. stuff like that. But they talk about that one of the most powerful things you can do for any organization or any team is learn how to be a cohesive unit. And so there are five steps that build upon each other. Bottom one is trust. Like we need to be able to trust each other that you're not gonna like, not just lie to me, but that you can just open up to me, that you can admit when you're wrong, you can admit, or you can, you can talk to me when you think I'm wrong, that we can just trust each other, that we're not out to get each other. Um, but it walks you through these five steps that build upon each other that a lot of times teams just look right at results. Well, there are a lot of things that you need to get right before that. And when you can work as a well-oiled machine, you can make exponentially, you can pick up more speed and build more momentum, and that's when you get the results. Super cool book, really easy read, really impactful. What was it called again, the author? Yep, Five Dysfunctions of a Team, Patrick Lencioni. Cool. All right, what's your favorite movie? Ooh, let's go Hook with really? Robin Williams. Yeah, wow. come on, man. That was the movie. I don't think it holds up that well. Yeah, the um, <laughs> that was the movie. I don't know if you had a movie when you were growing up. That just, yeah, I watched like at the right moment every yeah. day for like a year. I watched that sucker, man. Rufio forever, man. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. When, uh, when his can we not came. talk about that? I don't want to <laughs> get emotional here on the podcast. <laughs> uh, okay. What's your favorite song or who's your favorite singer or group? Mm, that's so tough, man. Um, uh, guilty pleasure of mine. I listened to a lot of hip hop growing up. So um, hip hop has just taken a turn for the worse. And that might I be agree. what, what every a different topic though. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so it, who was your favorite hip hop artist growing up? There were a lot of good ones. And so they weren't always, they didn't always have good messages, but at least they respected the craft properly. So like um, Nas. So he always had something very educated to say he had a phenomenal vocabulary lyrics mattered back in the 2000s now it's like no idea what they're talking about no i don't even think they have a message it's just all about the beat and whatever they're talking about nowadays yeah. man but yeah at least they uh 
they really respected the craft back in the in the 90s and yeah. 2000s. Those young kids and their music today, they don't know what good music is. See what is. I'm saying? We're turning into old <laughs> I people. Know, I know. I'm like, you know. Uh, okay, so what was your favorite subject in school growing up? Lunch. I was not a good student, Adam. <laughs> really? I really wasn't, man. It was. I had a really, really rough childhood, and school didn't help things. I think that's one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about school. Um, I did not. School was not my support system. Um, I didn't have a great support system at home, and when I went to school, they didn't pick up the slack. And you know, I'm not I don't hold a grudge or anything. I don't have a chip on my shoulder about it, but mm. it's a true story, man. Is that you went to school in Jersey? I went to school up? in South Jersey. Yeah, man, and it was a great school. It's just, and here's the thing: it's not that they didn't want to invest in me or my life. It's just that there wasn't a system in place to identify a high flying student like. When I was younger, I used to test off the charts and all my standardized tests, and but then I don't think that they had at that time the systems and processes to identify that, hey, this kid might be really smart and he might be acting out because he's had a really rough go at life. My mom passed away when I was 12. And so like any 12-year-old, I was angry, man. Like I, I was lashing out. I was making bad decisions purposely and... Yeah, and so at face value, it did. It looked like I was a knucklehead. But, uh, you know, thank God I made it through and, and, and found my way back. But, yeah, in school, so I did love art and stuff like that. And pretty much any class where I had a teacher that that would just, you know, see past all the all the stupid stuff yeah. I was doing. Well, that's interesting that you say that because now we've had a couple teachers on the podcast now who – you have said they, you know, were not good, yeah. good students, you know, uh, going through school growing mm -hmm. up. And you, and you mentioned that might be partly why you wanted to get into education. Is it because you kind of wanted to correct a wrong from, from your history? And so, well, I didn't have a great experience as a, as a kid going through school. So I want to make sure that, you know, students today have a better experience than I did. Is that part of it or? Yeah. Well, I think that was part of the guy, um, that guided me back. And so I remember my guidance counselor, Mr. Ricketts. And so I remember I just like, he would call me down because I was being a knucklehead or getting bad grades or I needed to pull my grades up at the end of the quarter or whatever. But I remember that he was, you know, he really took interest in why and he would give me pep talks and he would talk to me. Um, I, I remember him saying like, hey man, I'm a, you and I, we're a lot alike, you know, like we have a lot of emotions in here and a lot of anger in here. But if we don't figure out what to do with those, it's going to significantly impact our life. Like I, that was probably one of the only things I remember about high school. So just thinking about that and thinking like, you know what, I would love to be that guy. Like I would love to be a guidance counselor. And so absolutely that attributed to the reoccurring thought, hmm, maybe I should go into education. So yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, all right. Last one. If you could, uh, and I've said this before, I know it's kind of a cliche question, but uh, if you could have dinner with anyone, you know, living or dead, uh, who would it be Ooh. and why? Let's go, let's go Barack Obama. Yep. I don't like to talk politics at all. I just feel like he just, um, I feel like he's a good leader. I could ask a lot of, I love to pick the brains of high level leaders. And so he's the first one that comes to mind is that, um, so anything, uh, Anything a president does, it's going to be popular if you ask 50% of the people. So whether I think what he did was right, whether I think what he did was wrong, is I think he carried himself well, and I think he, he was leading the country. He was actually actively leading. I would love to just ask him a lot of 
high-level leadership questions that could help me in what I'm doing. Like, if he could give me some nuggets as to what helped him to lead the country, if I could apply them in the classroom, I think everybody wins. You're now the second person on the podcast who's had that answer. How about that? Yeah, school board chair Gwen Gittins had the, well, she said the Obamas. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think no matter what side of the political spectrum you're on, I think just talking to a former president just Correct. about what it's like to Correct. be in that position would be interesting because it's got to be so incredibly stressful and just talking about the day-to-day and what it's like to Can't be in that imagine. position. Yeah. Can't even imagine. Because you always see the, those the before and after pictures of, of presidents, <laughs> yeah, what they look like, like at like the start years. of their term. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just look so tired yep. and worn out. Yeah, man. It really drains you, I'm sure. Um, all right. Uh, Jeff Becker. TV production, digital media teacher, Island Coast High School, teacher of the year for 2018-2019 in Lee County. Thanks for coming on the podcast, man. I had a lot of fun. It was nah, just, the pleasure is yeah. all mine. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. It was an honor to be named teacher of the year. If there's anything I can do for you guys to move that ball down the field as it pertains to education or whatever, you let me know. All right. Thank you. And uh, thank you for watching and listening. We'll see you next time.